The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. I'll be doing the show from my cupboard. I can do the show from anywhere. Business Unusual is brought to you by Workforce Staffing. Is your business simply surviving? Or are you thriving with Workforce Staffing's leading agile staffing solutions? Colin Cullis. Uh, Kids and fads. I'm sure you've done yo-yos. I'm sure you've done spinning tops. And I'm sure you were of a generation that then got involved in the in the technological revolution of space invaders and other trendy games, Colin Cullis. What have you got to teach us about business unusual and the way kids play today? After that introduction, and then he gives me the silent treatment. Not polite. Colin? Earth to Colin? Oh, uh, sorry, Bruce. I was... There we I go. Was, I was... Sorry, Bruce. I was just... Uh... I was just playing with one of these things. I don't know. <laughs> you were distracted. You were playing with I a poppet. What's it called? A poppet. Yeah, this is, these are the puppets. And uh, my take for this evening is the notion that uh, toy trends are going to get bigger, but not last so long. Uh, and the quick reason why I say so is because uh, global media, social media, YouTube, TikTok, and the like, uh, give us so much access to find out what's going on globally in a very short space of time uh, that that things can become viral certainly for toys, very, very quickly. Uh, And the reason why I don't believe they will last so long is because when you have that much exposure uh, so quickly, uh, kids certainly are like, oh, I'm over it. I'm not interested. And in fact, considering that these puppets sort of only came into existence sort of early 2021, and here I am, uh, a guy in his 40s with no children talking about it, that suggests peak puppet has certainly passed. But the element that <laughs> and, I and the, the trouble with on. these things, the trouble with these things, like many other trendy toys, is they all, all they really are good for is landfill. And, um, you know, something like bubble wrap is a far more satisfying toy, frankly, uh, and far more durable. I will happily play with bubble wrap. Don't give me one of these dreadful popper things, they're pointless. I would agree with you. And, and there's a couple of trends. Uh, one is with these tactile toys, and there might be something with. The, the amount of uh, powered toys, digital toys, or things happening on you know tablets and, and monitors, et cetera, that makes tactile toys over the last while a lot more popular. There's possibly an element uh, that's involved with pandemics and massive climate uncertainty and issues like that that would have children and invariably parents, but children picking up on it just being s- slightly stressed that it, that it plays a part. Um, and then maybe there's also this little, there's an, an idea in, in 2010 of ASMR, asynchronous uh, let me get the term right here because it's a it's a term I know as ASMR, but when somebody says, what does that stand for? I invariably have to go and look it up. Uh, asynchronous. Oh, I've got it lost it now. Anyway, ASMR, this notion that when you hear certain sounds or you feel certain things, it, it, it it's very evocative and creates a sensation in us that is actually quite distressing. But to go back to bubble wrap, and it's a, it's a good point that you you noted it because bubble wrap is, is a product of the 50s and it was originally invented to be a, a textured wallpaper. Uh, and it performed like a complete lemon, as you'd imagine. And, and potentially that's where it would have died, except, haha, computers. Uh, IBM computers started being shipped to home users. And of course, they were slightly delicate and some uh, packaging materials required to stop them from being bumped around in transit. And they found a new purpose for using bubble wrap. Uh, and the notion that somebody could pop these things uh, would be sort of leave you feeling slightly better uh, was so pervasive that in 1992, a research study was undertaken to find out that if a group of people and they gave them, I think, six different uh, scenarios, uh, one group would have the chance to use bubble wrap while having to do the experiment, the others without it, and noted that those who had the chance to use the bubble wrap were less stressed as a consequence of having to do whatever the work they was doing. So that's how it kind of fitted together. And the, the, going back to the shift, though, uh, the notion is toy companies 
big business certainly are looking to carefully curate which toys are released, where they're released, which uh, partnerships, etc. they do with those things. And they're very, very successful. Uh, McDonald's, possibly not to everybody's favor, have made a real business out of getting kids to like McDonald's, to grow up, to keep eating McDonald's, by including lovely toys and tie-ups with movies. Uh, toy makers themselves have seen movies be a very, very big part, music be a very big part, TV and these days social media, etc. has been a very big part of amplifying what they're doing. Uh, and in a similar sort of way, um, most of the really big, well-known products have managed to sustain themselves as a consequence of that. And there are two for me that are iconic and are still absolutely around and probably will stick around. One is the Barbie doll released in 1958. The other are Lego bricks in 1959. The fact that those things are still around, in fact, the if you go on a Google uh, search and you see how often these things are mentioned in relation to other things, well, Barbie sort of peaked in sort of 2007, but still gets regular spikes uh, every year since uh, the, the, the Lego bricks in 2015 and still doing very well. But there, their connections with movies and music, et cetera, has really kept them going for, for such a long time. Uh, but this, this, the shift, as it were, uh, has really come about a great little New York Times piece from 2017 when the fidget spinner came out. Uh, that, unfortunately, was a tragic story of the person who invented it. The patent lapsed. They didn't renew it. They didn't have the money for it. And, of course, anybody could make it. Some sharp-eyed person started creating it. That may have been, you know, one company that was making it a bit of a bun fight for trademarks, et cetera. But because Chinese manufacturing is so impressive these days, and there are so many sites you just pop online. Alibaba be one. The other one is called DHgate. You go online. You, you search for what you're looking for. And as soon as they get a couple of orders, you'll see a lot of manufacturing factors come online ready to create the stuff in bulk and ship in days. And, and you'll find influences like uh, Ryan Cagey, we've touched on that, the 10-year-old YouTube a kid who reviews toys and now makes his own. Many have gone from the old slime uh, uh, generation that were showing you how to make slime. And after showing you how to make slime, they would simply sell it to you. And now a lot of them are the ones that are selling these puppets and things. And so the industry has grown and, and been absolutely amazing. I do take a little uh, uh, wander down memory lane looking at all of the toys in which years that were absolutely amazing, from skateboards to Rubik's Cubes and all those other things. There was that one year where the whole world went stupid for a pet rock. Uh, but it's a fascinating look at toys and how they've changed. And invariably, the degree to which they will not change in some respects, but will never be the same again as a consequence, including things like NFTs being issued for collectible pieces. That's becoming a very big market as the nostalgia bit kicks in. Uh, and the final bit for me, I suppose, would be to say, I'm going to go and get out my old yo-yo, perform some tricks, post them on TikTok and issue them as NFTs. And walk the dog. There we go. That's all I could do. Colin Colors, thank you.